the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Wednesday the 19th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchbull Building. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning. How are you doing? Cold. It is so cold outside. <sighs> well, 52 degrees now, but when uh, it's probably colder when you got in, but when I got in, it was freezing. You have your sunglasses on. I think you're ready for vacation. I am ready for vacation. Yeah. Starting, It's going to be nice and warm over on the uh, eastern shore of Virginia in the next couple of days, which will be nice, but... Uh, yeah, hopefully the cold weather stays up here. Hopefully you guys can wow, let thanks. you guys deal thanks with it. Thanks for throwing us under the cold weather bus. <laughs> well, we got our first guest joining us, Marsha, <laughs> on the phone. That's right. So I, I want to make sure I get his title right. Um, Director, Office of Strategic Planning and Communications, the Berkeley County Council, Matthew Umstead. Welcome in. Good morning, you guys. How are you guys? We're good. Are you cold where you are? Um, it's still a little, a little shivery. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not down with it. I need those 80 degree wet. Those 80 degree days back. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's a little bit chilly this morning. I'm surprised. Is this good weather for hiking? I know you like to hike. Yes, it's great hiking weather, and I'm really sad I'm in the office. <laughs> sorry, sorry to bring that up. Make you sad. Oh yeah, it's okay. I'll be all right. So you released a press release from the Berkeley County Council yesterday yeah. with some uh, good news for taxpayers about the levy rate, right? Yes, it's a. It's an annual um, required by law to occur. Uh, all the levying bodies of, of each county uh, lay the levy on Tuesday. Uh, the third, I think it's the third Tuesday of the month of April. And uh, it was, yeah, third Tuesday of the month. And uh, Berkeley County, uh, they laid, uh, those adopted their levy rate of 13.39. That's 13.39 cents per hundred dollars and of uh, value. Uh, it's a very it's a it's a rate that's basically used to to uh, use uh, to generate property uh, taxes that are critical for the county's budget. Um, and uh, the great news about it was that the county was able to again reduce that rate uh, from thirteen point eight one to thirteen point three nine, and it's the third reduction in five years. Uh, that the county was uh, able to to do, uh, so it was really good, really good uh, uh, budget uh, work that the county uh, council members reviewed yesterday, and um, you know uh, the county administrator who uh, you know obviously is uh, does uh, a lot of uh, heavy lifting there with with the work on putting those numbers together and, and uh, reviews those with the, the county council. Um, you know, was very uh, commending, uh, commended uh, the council for their work on it, and uh, said that it uh, was a very good budget that they put together this year. And uh, overall, the reduction of rate has been reduced by about 5.3 percent in, in this five-year period. And 
Um, you know, the taxpayers, uh, the county council president noted, you know, that the taxpayers may know that their, you know, their tax bill, their property taxes are, you know, maybe not decreased, uh, but, but that's also reflective that their home values have, have you know, remained stable, if, if not increased. So, um, you know, he, he was emphasizing that, um, you know, uh, they've done all, as much as they can to, to really tamp down the, um, the uh, you know any impact on the on the taxpayers uh, while the inflation situation is continuing to go on, um, and they've uh, tried work very hard to, get, to contain costs, and many of the departments have worked hard to keep their budgets uh, flat, if you will, from last year to to this year. So, so, so just to distill that down, it sounds as though um, they've they've worked, and for the past five years, they've been able to reduce that levy rate and. While it uh, it may not show up immediately and look like your tax rate is going down uh, on your on your tax bill, it may be because your property is at a higher value due to just uh, market. But, yeah, the marketplace. I mean, you know, market. If you've looked around, uh, home prices have gone. You know, pretty. They've remained pretty stable if they've not gone up. You know, and so you know those values in the marketplace. Uh, you know, the county can't control those values, obviously. So when the market goes up and the housing market is strong and the values are strong, you know that gives the homeowner an opportunity to refinance, reinvest in their property, make home improvements. Uh, you know, obviously take advantage of that value, but with that value increase also comes, you know, even though these rates are, are being, you know, uh, our levy rates of, you know, are, are reducing, uh, you know, your the property owner uh, is, is also going to see, you know, the effects of that marketplace uh, value, and they may not see the, you know, the, the, the tax uh, reduction um, that corresponds with the the rate the levy rate reduction, you know, uh, it's, it, you can't speak in, you can't speak too much in generalities because each property and each homeowner's mm-hmm. value is different. So, you know, some, some may be stable and, and may maintain the same uh, value. And, uh, you know, if they do and the levy rate is reduced, then there may be a, a slight reduction, you know, in theory. I, I, I'm not, Dangerous when I talk about math, so I don't want to go too far into it. Uh Uh-oh, you're not going to like my next question, though. Our guest this morning, (laughs) Director, Office of Strategic Planning and Communications for Berkeley County, Matthew Umstead. So I was looking at the uh, press release that you guys put out yesterday, and it said that that, uh, the taxes generate 26 uh, point, essentially $26.7 million uh, in, uh, from property taxes. The The whole budget is a little more than $50 million, uh-huh. uh, but the, the additional $23.4 million uh, comes from, quote, miscellaneous, miscellaneous revenue uh, projected to be generated. Can you give us kind of an idea of where that money's coming from? Sure. There's there's different topics. There's different. I shouldn't say uh, different line items. If you pull up a budget estimate document, there's 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 uh, some things like kind of mundane, like wine and liquor and and beer taxes. Uh, you know, the, the counties do. The counties in West Virginia do get chunks of that revenue. So um, there is uh, other things like uh, fees that uh, the county planning commission, for example, in the engineering departments, they they collect fees uh, that are basically applied uh, to development planning documents that are reviewed and inspections are conducted. So there's different um, things that are collected 
uh, in the course of the county providing services, uh, such as uh, the planning and engineering inspections. Uh, there's also uh, grants that there are, are kind of a factor of the budget. Uh, you know, there's, there's grants that the Day Report Center uh, receives, uh, and those funds flow through the county uh, accounts and you know, then, you know, folks are employed through those grant-funded programs. And, uh, you know, the Report Center, for example, uh, gets so much grant funding. They're so fortunate and blessed to get grant funding to really pay for a large uh, chunk of what they're doing, the, uh, the great work they're doing over there. So, you know, that has to be kind of folded into the county's budget plan as well. Um, so there is a number of different pots of funds where under miscellaneous. That's a really bad. <laughs> it's not the best label for the for miscellaneous. Potpourri. It could be just. <laughs> yeah. So it's not the best descriptor, but there's a lot of uh, things under that umbrella there. Well, we're speaking with Matthew Umstead, and of course, uh, last year, I believe, I think it was last year, right, with the Berkeley County 250th commemoration, you were a big part of that. Uh, and there's a lot of history, and uh, well, the heritage celebrations continue on this year, right? Yes, um, we're really excited about that. Um, we just attended the special city council meeting last night, and the mayor was gracious to present a proclamation recognizing the groups that have come together for the Heritage Fair. and. Uh, festival uh, May 13th and well May 11th through the 14th of uh, of uh, next month, and um, so we're excited about that. Adam Stevens House, Bell Boyd House, the Roundhouse, the Martinsburg Roundhouse, uh, the Martinsburg Public Library, uh, Sumner Raymer School. Um, I'm probably leaving someone out, but uh, we're doing a special exhibit at the library involving interwoven mills. Uh, it's an art exhibit. It's a really exciting project in uh, collaboration with the monument companies and the Martinsburg Berkeley County Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, the monument companies, if you know, they are the owners of the uh, interwoven mills, and we're doing a really cool interwoven socks advertisement exhibit oh. there art advertisement exhibit, uh, and it's uh, present, past, and future of the, the interwoven uh, mill complex, which is under redevelopment right now as an apartment um, uh, development with commercial uh, development as well there. So there's a lot. that's the kickoff event on the 11th, and then there's a series of activities through the rest of the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, at the Roundhouse and Adam Stephen House and all the other historic sites in Martinsburg. And um, it's really exciting. There's a whole uh, series of events, scheduled events, on our uh, HeritageFestWV.com webpage that we launched um, uh, about three or four weeks ago with an event map. All, most of all the events are free. Uh, the Duck Derby is coming back from the 250th commemoration. <laughs> Does that mean the mayor's uh, going to get... Punches uh, will be thrown. <laughs> well, Mr. President Whitaker of the County Council, he, he already told me he wants a very large duck entered on his behalf. Yeah, but hold on. If it's a large duck, it, doesn't that slow it down? And if him and the mayor yeah. are just going to end up in the creek anyways, I mean, yeah. what's the point? Well, well, well the mayor, I, you know, the mayor told me last night, right before the proclamation presentation to, to the Daughters of American Revolution and several other groups that attended, it was great to have everybody there. But he, the mayor, I don't know whether he, I don't know if he's joking or whether he said he was not going to enter a duck. I I said, you know, you're going to enter a dock, right? And so, we, you know, we already talked, and I'm assuming both of them are entering a dock, uh, and they're just kind of playing with me right now. But <laughs> uh, but Main Street Martinsburg has really taken the lead with that, and we're working with them and Robbie and, and Raven over there, and they're great. They've been great to step up, and 
for the kids by George Children's Museum as well as another partner I wanted to mention as well. They're they're working with us to have their museum open for the children as well that weekend. And uh, so we're just trying to bring everybody, keep everybody together, keep that energy alive for the uh, for the 250th commemoration. And you know we're actually working on some legacy projects. I'll have to talk about at some point uh, for the 250th that we've been still working on actually, including a mural. Oh wow! A history mural and some park benches and some other things. Well, uh, do you know if they found anything cool in that uh, interwoven building as they've been kind of cleaning it out and fixing it up? Any old like equipment stuff you heard? You know, I, I have not, but I will touch on this. There, there's some really awesome photographs uh, that are going to be on display as part of the exhibit of how the mill looked inside hmm. of the building. Uh, there's really they're really artistic photographs. It's kind of it's like photo photography art. Right. And and, and uh, Rip Smith uh, with Berkeley Arts Council, uh, he's a partner with that exhibit. And and you have to stop by and check them out because they are super cool. I mean they are super cool. He's going to have a selection of his work that he photographed the inside of the building. He actually went there and photographed it before it was. Uh, now it's under renovation. It mm-hmm. doesn't look like it. But that, yeah, what they found. I I've actually toured those buildings in the past. And they were amazing. They were amazing. I can't, I can't imagine what these apartments are going to look like. I, I think they're going to be great. I don't want to give a shameless plug for the monument companies, but they, they, were, they stepped up and gave basically, they helped fund basically half of the exhibit uh, for this exhibit at the library, which is going to get it. We're going to have an opening reception on May uh, 11th, and then when the exhibit's going to be up through the rest of the year. So um, it's, it's a great opportunity to learn a, a big, a little chunk of history about the a boom town area of Martinsburg and uh, um, it's uh, it's going to be cool. Speaking with Director of Office of Strategic Planning and Communications for the Berkeley County Council, Matt Umstead. Before we let you go, I let people know where they can go to find out more about uh, well, all the things you y'all have going on. Yeah, um, obviously, if you you know, in the interest of you know. The county government has a great web page, berkeleywv.org. There's a lot of information. Any meeting, any public event, as far as public border commission, you can always go to the website there and look up uh, agendas. For the, for the Heritage Fair and Festival, again, that's heritagefestwv.com. And uh, there's a, a lot of information posted about the more than 50 vendors that are going to be part of the Heritage Fair at the Roundhouse and uh, lots of good, exciting things uh, for that weekend. And we hope everybody comes out to the, the events. We'll have the trolley running around town as well. So it should be a good time. Well, Matt, we appreciate you taking a little time to chat with us this morning. And the next time, I think we'll be talking with the mayor, or at least scheduled to talk with the mayor between now and the Duck Derby. So maybe we'll see if we can't uh, bend his ear enough to get a duck in there. Yes, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Please, uh, we we would love to have the mayor and the council president as well. We're, I think they're going to be part of it. I'm pretty sure they are. I hope they are. <laughs> well, Matt, thanks again, man. Talk to you again soon. Thank you. Take, Take care. care. Bye And that's Matt Umstead uh, talking about well, the levy rates and heritage days and all that. I mean, it's getting into that point of the year around here, Marsha, where there's something happening every single weekend. So the, the mayor's the mayor, and he could maybe volunteer one of his... You know, helpers. Well, we'll have to go back like and maybe Mark Baldwin would be out there <laughs> and you know, with his his pants leg rolled up right. doing a duck derby thing. We'll have to listen back because I can't remember how the mayor ended up in the creek last year, <laughs> but I remember him coming on to talk about being. So I think I saw a picture of him jumping in there to get uh, to get his duck or something <sighs> like that. But wonder if, can we get a duck in it? Of course. Maybe yeah. we'll have to. All right. I have to talk to Robbie and Raven see if they can hook us up. All right. Well, well, I promised Matt we'd have him on with Robbie to talk about the Heritage Festival before all that happens. There you go. Because there's so much fun stuff that goes on and the trolleys and all that stuff. So, yeah.
Well, uh, you can always get in touch with us. Text us, 304-263-4321. We'll step aside for a few minutes. Be back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppe Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed our conversation with Matt Umstead right before the break, you can listen back to that a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. While we got time, Marsha, can we hit a... Uh, well, first, um, before we get to a news roundup, mm-hmm. you were statewide yesterday. You were on uh, talk line with Hoppe Kirchville talking about the uh, RV, the, p- the potential of the RV park over at Kekapen State Park, and you sounded pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. You sound surprised. <laughs> no, not surprised. Not surprised at all. But uh, Hoppy was nice to you, which is always good. Was he not supposed to be? Sometimes like, he can be a little know. intimidating. Yeah, okay, he can. But I. So maybe nice. Maybe that wasn't the right way to put it. He's always he was been easy on you. Very kind to me, so I can't complain. And he made it very easy, of course. But thank you for the compliment. And I, I, I got out of the studio and I looked over, and you, you were with someone else, mm-hmm. um, one of the guys from yeah. the network. And I was like, ah, oh, he probably didn't even get to hear it. And well, so I, I saw you on the phone, and I could hear it when we were standing in this mm-hmm. back hallway because it plays back there. And I was like, "That sounds like Marsha." I looked at you on the phone, but I couldn't. Yeah. So then I looked over, and and you were talking to this other person, and so I, was like, oh, I got all this energy. So I ran over and talked to Rona, and Rona, bless her heart, had been listening. She was, tuned in. She was very sweet. Well, so we had you on out in the green Thank room you. too. So, so everybody, I, everybody out and about was tuned in. Appreciate that. Except for so. me. <laughs> all right. Well, but you were busy, yeah. so that makes sense. Um, there was unfortunately. A fatal accident yesterday afternoon on Route 340 near the near Walmart mm-hmm. in Charlestown. Um, all I saw was from the scanner page that there had been a fatality that mm. uh, they had called in medevac helicopters, but there was confirmed one fatality. And, um, you know, I've, I've looked at the Charlestown page, uh, Charlestown Police and the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department page. No uh, confirmation of, of uh, identity that I can see, but that's just... That's such a, a rough area, that intersection there. Yeah. I, I don't know, you know, the particulars of this accident, so it could have been any number of things, medical issue or whatever, but I do know having sat at that intersection mm-hmm. a lot, it's prone to have um, a lot of folks, you know, taking advantage of the right. low light and, you know. Um, I feel rough. like you don't hear too many of too many incidents around this area, but you're right. I mean, it is congested, especially, and I think the... Isn't the road work on the the exit ramp coming off a of nine pretty much done right there too for the most part? Because that would get pretty bad. You'd sit there on that on ramp forever. Right. So I, you know, I don't know again what mm-hmm. the particulars were, but uh, unfortunately, someone lost uh, lost a life there, and uh, so that's that's very sad. Also, uh, if you go over to PanhandleNewsNetwork dot com, there's uh, a piece about the Berkeley County level levy rate that uh, we just talked to Matthew Umstead about. Also, uh, the DNR canceling that public hearing that had been planned. That was what I was talking to Hoppy about. Uh, and it's got more details about, you know, what the proposals were or are on the table. Because nothing, you know, the, the proposals aren't canceled because the meeting was canceled. Right. These three pro- uh, proposals for RV sites are still on the table. So you can read some of the details about that. Also, we are still under a red flag warning, hmm. which means there's an increased risk of fire danger. Governor Justice, in fact, has uh, prohibited outdoor burning. That means campfires, 
That means outdoor cooking uh, through the 24th. If you go on uh, Morgan County Sheriff Casey Boer's website uh, or Facebook page, excuse me, he's got some exceptions, um, you know, for industrial right. you know, work that has a, a fire element or training and things like that. But for the most part, uh, folks like you and I shouldn't be burning stuff outside. And when... When you hear about the crews having to be dispatched to go fight a forest fire or a fire that's getting a brush fire that's getting out of control in someone's backyard, um, it, it's it's rough on them. It's hard on them. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a reason there's a burn ban. Uh, and I saw a video. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think it was a recent video, but along the same lines of wildfires and how quickly they can spread and how it's just devastating to people. You think about all the farms that are out this way and mm-hmm. things and orchards and whatnot. Oh my goodness. I saw a video of a, uh, I think it was out in Kansas, in the Midwest somewhere, it was a wheat field that a fire was spreading across this entire wheat field and the owner of the, the plot wasn't around or wasn't able to get to it. So his neighbor went out, he left work, went and got on his tractor and how I guess the fix was, or the thought of the fix was to take a plow and just plow a line right in front of the fire so it would stop, right? Which um, I thought was pretty cool, but you don't want any of that to have to ever happen, which is why these red flag warnings and things like that are put out on days like yesterday and today with high winds. And unfortunately, we've discovered, you can see the coverage on WVMetroNews.com that the, um, unfortunately, the death of the firefighter, Mm. the U.S., well, the um, Forest Service fireman, um, in Fayette County was the result of a fire that was started intentionally. Oh. So the, the person um, who admitted to starting uh, a couple of fires down there has been arrested. Mm. And, and so his charges aren't going to just be arson. Right. You know, if they can tie him to the fire that ultimately resulted in the death of this uh, forest service employee, then, um, then that, that's some pretty serious time. Well, you can stay up to date on all your local news over at PanhandleNewsNetwork.com and also on our Facebook page just by searching Panhandle News Network. But we'll step aside for a few minutes. We'll come back and keep chatting on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, we got all kinds of guests joining us in studio. We do. So uh, as you might know, uh, every month we have guests in from Berkeley County Schools, and it's kind of winding down. Do you know what's going to happen next month? What's that? We get our graduates. Oh, yeah. We get a sampling right. of the graduates. Man, so school it, year's almost over already? Yeah. Man, don't you all wish it was a little bit longer? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, joining us, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, introduce everyone. Not everyone might speak, but I'm gonna introduce them anyway. From uh, Berkeley County Schools, we have uh, Dr. Jessica Alfonso, Alfonso, excuse me, uh, Assistant Superintendent of Equity and Inclusion. Then we have uh, Travis Williams, uh, Coordinator for the Equity and Inclusion Department, and then Lador Wapara, who is the HR Coordinator for Berkeley County Schools. Did I get it right? Bam. Awesome. Oh, okay. My job's done. <laughs> um, so apparently it is a uh, school volunteer week, uh, Dr. Alfonso. Yes. National public school volunteer week. And um, we're here to promote uh, and recruit community connections for the public school system. 
Um, I'm here to talk about PASS, which is an acronym that stands for Providing Academic Student Support. It is one-to-one support on an ongoing basis for 30 minutes per week, whereby um, individuals will provide students with academic support in a specific subject or provide encouragement and motivation to come to school. And that's been going on in the school system for a good 20, 25 years. It started in 1987 yeah, to help go. decrease dropouts. Well, so, how's it been going? We've decreased dropouts, <laughs> but there are other academic needs like attendance and um, all this recovery from COVID. Students need support and motivation to come to school, especially with um, the increase of social emotional learning needs. What have you seen uh, in terms of, of who shows up to be a past volunteer? What what kind of person does that and has those kinds of unique skills? We have retired teachers who come in. We have members of churches who uh, are on leadership teams in local churches who come in. Uh, recently, with um, corporations coming to our local area, we have several people who are interested in volunteering in the school system, whether it be recently people wanting to pick up trash, um, people wanting to spend time with students. And um, we, we really encourage that because since COVID, the number of outside volunteers has d- drastically declined. Obviously, if you're a volunteer in the public school system, you need to be vetted. Yes. You so need, talk about that a little bit. It requires a background check. Um, you do get a training from Berkeley County Schools, and you are required to sign a contract. And um, this doesn't have to be, you know, 40 hours a week, right? No, it's just 30 minutes a week. It's the same day each week, the same time. So it's consistent. Those students get used to a consistent and reliable relationship. And that's important because the kids that might be involved in this program are coming from backgrounds that aren't very consistent, maybe, you know, moving around different places. You know, mom and dad might not, might not be there. You know, it could be a plethora of things. But having that consistent person in their life to come to and, uh, you know, that you know is going to be there, it's critical. Yes, One thing that is very popular is a past volunteer might uh, be paired with a student in primary school and follow them all the way to high Mm. school throughout their entire high school career or school career. And that keeps them motivated and helps them make good academic choices along the way. In some cases, it may be the only adult in their lives who is dialed into the school system, who wants you know, wants to hold them accountable for getting their work done. Yes, it's a great supplemental support to the teacher and the parent. So how does a student get involved in this? Is this something that, you know, first day of school, you know, the teachers or an administrator or counselor comes in and talks, or one of y'all come in and talk about it, or do they kind of have to look for it themselves? No, a teacher or a school counselor, school administrator might recognize that the student has some challenges, whether it's academically or there's a pattern in their attendance or there are some social emotional needs. And so the school counselor may make a recommendation and there's actually um, a survey on the county website where a student can be referred to get the support and also there's the same survey on the website where a person can volunteer to give that support wanted to bring ladora into the conversation uh, as hr coordinator i i don't envy you your job because <laughs> it's well known that uh, school systems across the nation are struggling to recruit uh, good qualified candidates and uh, we're in such 
heavy competition where we sit with Loudoun County, one of the wealthiest uh, counties in, in the nation. Yeah, Washington County with their billboards all over oh, the place. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever want to just go out there and spray paint it? <laughs> <laughs> so talk about some of the struggles and how volunteers help kind of fill the gaps. Yeah, with recruiting, it has been, you know, a struggle, not just in West Virginia, but everywhere. Um, I just recently went to Australia to look at the school systems there. Oh, I, I, I thought you were going to say, like, to, to get some, you know, bodies in the, in the classroom. Yeah. That would be so much fun if your assistant cool or your, your, your yeah. substitute had an Australian. I'm sorry, we digress. No, we digress. Go ahead. No, I just went there to look at the, the school systems there to compare, and um, they're even facing challenges trying to recruit teachers. So it's not something that um, is only specific to this area. But when it comes to the other counties, the surrounding counties, yes, they might have billboards around and things like that. But we're just going to focus on us. You know what I mean? We're just going to focus on Berkeley County. So some of the things that we've been doing, um, we had some events in the fall. We went to some recruitment events in the fall for both service and professional personnel. Um, And we, this semester or this this spring have completed about 20 different events, both virtual classroom presentations and in-person fairs. So we are really hitting the ground trying to get the best quality educators in front of our, in front of our students. And that includes counselors, nurses, and every, and everyone, teachers. What is your, your highest level of need? What department? I think, I think every department is in need. Um, Special education and math are some critical areas that we definitely want to focus on. Um, And any of those core content areas uh, with English and science that we also want to focus on. But like I said, everything is in in critical need. On your trip to, in your trip to Australia, I mean, did you notice any, were there similarities between, you know, maybe the school systems in this area and there? Or, I mean, you said that they're also having some trouble with teacher recruitment and things like that. But did you notice any similarities maybe to the the struggles here as opposed to there? Um, Yeah, in the universities, the enrollment is down. Um, It's not as high as we would like it. And that's something that we're seeing here in the States as well. And different um, strategies to kind of improve that enrollment to Mm -hmm. increase it. Yeah. So strategies as far as recruitment, let's talk about that. Is Berkeley County able to offer any carrots, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word. I know that, um, you know, they, they were getting very creative over in the transportation department as far as training people on the job and trying to get them um, benefits and, and that. So what can uh, Berkeley County Schools offer someone who's looking for work in the education space? Great question. Um, we have a lot of incentives. <laughs> Honestly, we do. And I think this is what sets us apart from um, any of the surrounding areas is what we provide for our our staff. So we have um, a housing allowance that our staff gets hmm. in the um, in the November. Mm-hmm. And um, that's every single staff person in the county gets that. Um, and then we also have our sick leave incentive. And so that's something that everyone is also allowed to, you know, um, earn. And so the sick leave incentive, uh, that's something that the state and the county both support. So that's up to $2,000 extra a year, the housing allowance. So the the sick leave, just to parse that out, that means if they don't take a lot of sick days, 
that translates into some money towards the end of the year? Yes, ma'am, it does. It translates into um, up to $2,000 at the end of the school year that they could earn. Just for showing up. That ain't yeah. bad. That we ain't have bad. free dental and vision. And we also have a new teacher orientation program. And that's a stipend for our new teachers. And they can um, get $1,000 before their first paycheck. And that's really important because when you're moving like I did, I moved from Charleston, West Virginia to here. And that $1,000 was very very useful before my first oh, um, yeah. teacher check. And so that's another thing that we offer our new teachers is that new teacher um, orientation stipend. Nice. Do you think the state is working in positive ways to try to boost areas such as, you know, border counties like we are that are in competition with other states um, to give them more incentives or is there more work to be done? So I know because I know last year, really, when it was uh, when the talks were happening down the legislature, of course, the first thing was we got to pay our teachers more. We got to pay our teachers more. But and locality pay. Right? right. Locality pay and things. But I'm sure, yes, that is a key thing to focus on. But that's can't be the only thing. No, no, it's not the only thing. I mean, who wouldn't want more money? Of right? course. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who wouldn't want more money? Uh, I forgot to mention, we also have the three bump salary pay for math and special ed. So if you teach math or special ed, you get three years um, pay added to your yearly salary. So that's, you're looking at something like $1,500 right. extra a year. Wow. Or nice. more. Yeah, I didn't even uh, know that all those incentives were there. Yeah, it's pretty great. Berkeley yeah. County is a great place to work, and I love my job, like going mm-hmm. around to meet new uh, potential teachers and really find, finding quality mm-hmm. educators that have that passion because that's what we're looking for. We're looking for quality educators to, to help our students um, achieve success with multiple pathways. Now, I believe last time y'all were in, I don't think you were here, uh, Marsha, but Dr. Alfonso and Mr. Williams were here talking about equity uh, in the county, in Berkeley County, and I was able to talk up my sister a little bit, which I think she still brings up every time I see her. Uh, but how has the uh, equity program been in Berkeley, in the Panhandle and Berkeley County Schools, um, with it still being a relatively new um, portion or part of the uh, uh, the school system? I think it's gone well. We just had our last equity and inclusion student advisory team meeting where uh, the students of the BSU, the Black Student Union at Spring Mills High School gave a presentation. And then we also had a student, Nakaya Matthews, speak. Um, she is going to be a graduate of Hedgesville High School who is attending Howard University on a full ride. Wow. And she was offered her. the option of Harvard University and Howard University. Wow. She chose Howard. Um, we're very proud of them. We have a lot of great student leaders um, and we're looking at um, opening up more after school activities to give students more opportunities. We're already in the process of next year's budget to give students more opportunities and professional development, excuse me. Um, I think we've done very well. Mr. Williams and I have been in this role together for seven months now mm-hmm. and we've accomplished a lot and uh, there's a lot to be celebrated. We're making small differences in each school in the county, and it's it's very rewarding. Have you noticed maybe the uh, the school community have they you know rallied around the equity you know thought and bringing that into uh, the school system? Yes, they have. Um, one one thing that we do in equity and inclusion in our department is we provide awareness to um, other cultures. And one thing that we have been doing is the reading initiative to where every historical uh, month we've been going out to primary intermediate level schools and also bringing our um, high school advisory team in to read stories to students. So 
Um, one month we read uh, Chocolate Milk Por Favor for Hispanic Heritage Month. We just got out of Autism Awareness Month, so we read Uniquely Wired. So um, schools and teachers have been embracing the fact that because we're, we're providing opportunities for these students to see themselves who normally weren't able to, um, and we're providing opportunities for students, um, to high, our high school students, to go out into these schools and um, share and, and just be a light to other students. And to add to that, we're building relationships with our building leaders, our teachers, our counselors, and um, that goes back to PASS, which mm-hmm. is important because you're building relationships with students. And we're finding that students perform better when they have meaningful relationships. And that's good. It's a good indicator of school climate and culture, which is a good indicator for the culture of our county. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the themes I think could be investing back. You know, if you're someone who's already been through the school system, maybe your kids have graduated, uh, volunteering a few, you know, minutes a week, uh, not a bad investment to, to help improve those outcomes, right? Yes, and in honor of um, the volunteer uh, month, we hosted a past volunteer breakfast at Hedgesville High School, and we heard a lot of testimonies from our volunteers. We even have high school students enrolled in leadership classes who are past volunteers who go to other schools and provide academic support. We've even included a new concept to pass called um, in-house past mentoring where um, higher level students, juniors and seniors are paired with freshmen and sophomores to kind of acclimate them to school because we forget, but some of our students did not have a true high school experience until this school year. And so you have upperclassmen who are able to kind of mentor students along the way. And same for eighth graders who can do that with sixth and seventh graders. Well, unfortunately, we have to be getting to our final break of the hour here, but I want to give you guys enough time to let you say if you have anything else to share and especially uh, to find out more about PASS and things of the like. Yeah, I just want to really quickly, Jordan and Marsha, uh, talk about some events we have coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We will be at the Workforce Job Fair. That's at the Rec Center um, on Woodbury Avenue in Martinsburg. Um recruiting for some service personnel. So if you're interested in that, that's tomorrow from 11 to 3 at Woolbury Avenue. Um, Also for service personnel, we are having open testing May 3rd um, at the central office. If you go to our website, we'll have a link for you to register for that. And we're also going to have a job fair for our professional personnel on May 16th from 4.30 to 6.30 at the central office. Both of those events that are at the central office, you can go to our website which is www.workforbcs.com. And if you hit the recruitment tab, you'll see all of our events and then ways to sign up. Perfect. Well, thank you all for taking a little time to uh, come chat with us this morning on a chilly, uh, what is it today? Wednesday? I thought it was Tuesday for a second on a chilly Wednesday morning. But uh, what you all are doing in the school, especially with the PASS program, with the equity programs, is uh, a huge asset to our community. And I thank you all for coming in and sharing that. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Absolutely. Stick around for more. We'll come back to wrap things up on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik.
Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto and broadcasting from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed any of our conversation with Ladora, Travis, or uh, Dr. Jessica Alfonso from Berkeley County Schools talking about the PASS program, the equity program, all the different recruiting events they have coming up for Berkeley County Schools, you can listen back to that a little bit later on today. That's right. Yeah, it was Important a nice conversation. Stuff. They're doing so much in Berkeley County Schools. That's yes, it. and uh, it, you know, you hear all this news about PEIA and and uh, locality pay and all of that, and and it's a bit like a, uh, you know hot potato just being passed around in the state legislature, but if it impacts what they're doing in the school system, you know, yeah, absolutely. So uh, it was nice to be able to chat with them and get an update on what they have going on. Of course, earlier in the show, we were speaking with Matthew Umstead from Berkeley County Council talking about the the levy rates and things. And there's a, an article over at PanhandleNewsNetwork.com if you want to read a little bit more about that. About Heritage Day, that's going to be fun. And who, who will step up and represent the city of Martinsburg in the Duck Derby? Who's going to be the person in our time of need? Will it be the mayor? I, I would hope so. Will it be city manager Mark Baldwin? Yeah, I hope so. Would it be assistant city manager Andy Blake? Would it be, you know, community and uh, economic development coordinator Shane Farthing? You know? Is who, it going to be you? To represent the city, I think you have to be kind of an appointee or... Oh. Yeah. Well, you can, are, you gonna, are we going to represent WEPM? You have to represent the radio station? Yeah, we might. Okay. I'd well, be down for it. It looked like it was fun last year. Like, it looked so like it was is, a cool event last year. So is is the strategy to make your duck a little heavier? Can you make put it a little lead tape? I, well, don't put lead tape on it and then put it in a water in a, source, no, I guess. But, lead, lead, <laughs> wow. Hey, you, put it on, you can put it on uh, the back of your golf clubs, make them a little heavier. It's I know people gonna, do that. It's not going to float. If It's got to float. Oh, yeah. Put, put a little put, sail on it. Are you trying to drown the Put duck? a little, um, a little like cocktail umbrella on top. Oh my god! Glue gosh. it on top, and they can so push cute. it forward. I and think we got it. We got some joy. We got some options here. So, like off the rack versus, you know, customized. Right. Yeah. We got some options. Maybe we'll have to get involved in that. I think that'd be pretty fun. But if you missed any of the show today, you can listen back a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Got about a minute left here, Marcia. So, do we miss anything big that we got to chat about? Uh, you know, you'd always go over to uh, panhandlenewsnetwork.com to keep uh, tabs on local stories and then wvmetronews.com for, this, for the local news and analysis. Um, and so I uh, actually remember we talked to uh, Ken Reed yesterday. He's going to be on with Hoppy today, I believe. If that Yes, 1045 uh, from Morgan County. Uh, also, remember we mentioned that firefighter, the um, forestry service employee, Cody John Mullins, uh, they'll be talking about that around 1030. Um, and uh, the Fox uh, Dominion libel uh, settlement. Nice. Well, you can keep up to date with all that over on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Uh, sporting note, sports note, we have uh, softball right here on the airwaves tonight at 7 o'clock, and then we'll be joining the Red, the Red Sox. We'll be joining the Orioles and the Nationals gaming process. I don't know where did, why that, the Red where did Sox, that come from? I don't know why that popped in my head. The Red Sox. Oh, I, I'm, thank you for not gloating, by the way. Uh, with the Nationals beating the, or with the Orioles beating the Nationals. I was quietly yesterday. very happy, though. Yeah, one nothing. Thank you for not. That was a low-scoring game. Rubbing that in. It was a good game. It was a good game. So, yeah, hopefully it's another good game again today. But we got uh, high school softball here on the airways before that, Martinsburg and Jefferson. Um, but, yeah, I think that's about it. I'm off tomorrow, Friday and Monday. So Enjoy. Good luck. Yeah, safe travels. Yeah. I'll pull the, uh, the classic Bob Steele. Don't uh, try and get in touch with me because I'm not going to have any service right. on my phone, even though 
That's very hard. Hard. It's hard. You'd be hard pressed to find a place where you don't have service anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that does it for us today. If you missed today's show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. For Marsha, for Marsha, I'm Jordan. Uh, talk line is next with Hoppy. Have a good one. Talk to you later. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.